Hello from the other side. <clears throat> Must have caught a thousand times. That's all I know of that song. Something about to tell you something about telling you I'm sorry. Yeah. I like used all my energy for your first part. <laughs> and it's just been a steady this decline. This has been a discline. Yep. Alright. Yo. What we doing? What it do? <laughs> okay. Jesus. No, it's Heather. And you are. <laughs> no longer here. Bye. <laughs> I'm Amanda. I'm Heather. You already said that. I'm telling them again. They don't care that much. Well, even if you don't care, this is in reference to the podcast. And it's True Crime Tuesday. 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 For some reason, y'all are tuning in. Not sure why. God bless. Thank you for giving us probably less than a half hour of your time. Heather's currently trying to reach something off the couch. Do you really need it? No. It's fine. I don't have any friends anyway. Screw that. I do, but they're working until midnight. Alright, well, today is true crime Tuesday. It's just a it's just a little hard to say. True crime Tuesday. And we're going to talk about the murder of Krista Harrison. And uh, my first source is Forensics Files. (laughs) (laughs) Forensics Files. Forensics Files. Let me try to get myself a sugar rush here. All right. Tell me about a murder. Yeah, so again, I learned about this on Forensic Files. Uh, which is what I fall asleep to almost every night, so, you know. Totally normal. Yeah, I was, um, in a presentation the one day, and I was talking, like, I was doing a recruitment event, and the person for the other school is also a true crime fan, and so hi, if you're listening, I know you know my podcast, um, sorry if you listened, (laughs) but she's like, have you been watching any good shows? And I was like, no, but last night I was laying in bed and realized how insane I am at the fact that I live alone, had all my windows open, and I was watching Forensic Files, and it was, like, pitch black outside. She's like, mm, good way to become paranoid. It's like, yep. But I didn't go get a knife. I think if I was really that paranoid, I would have went and got a knife to sleep with. But I was thinking about it because it I was... feel like I would cause more harm to myself if I slept with a yeah. knife. They do say like if you have a gun, you're more likely to be involved in gun violence. So my heart rate's like not low, but like lower than normal. Wow. All right, my sources. You. S- I did not. Still give... did not say your sources. Want me to tell you my sources? No, I don't care. You can post about them whenever we post the episode. I'll Um, probably still forget. Yep. Um, Okay, so crimemuseum.org, bgfalconmedia.com, toledoblade.com, and clarkprosecutor.org. 
So that sounds like an Ohio story. It sure is. Which is why I wanted to cover it. This isn't what I wanted to cover, but I don't think that the other one that I wanted to do was technically a true crime, so I didn't do it. But I wanted to cover how they discovered Legionnaire's disease. Yeah. I don't know if it would take a whole episode, but there was a whole Forensic File episode on it, so... Um, I might just get in the habit of telling you Forensic File episodes. That's fine. Yeah, for you. Anyway. Um... So, Krista Harrison was born May 28th, 1971, in Orville, Ohio. Her parents were Shirley and Gerald Harrison, and she was the youngest of four children. And because this took place so long ago, that's about all I got as far as background goes. Um, And I do think that this will be rather quick, although it's already been eight minutes of us talking nonsense. So, we're going to talk about her killer a little bit more towards the end and other crimes he may be involved in. But I don't want to name the episode after him because I felt like most of this was about Krista. And that's where I learned about this case is about Krista. So, why didn't... You know what I mean. So let's start with Krista's case. On July 17th, 1982, Krista was with a friend in Marshallville Park, which is ironically, not ironic, in Marshville, Ohio. And they were picking up aluminum cans. Any kids need to pick up aluminum cans nowadays? Come to my house, because I got a lot of them. I go through like a case of Diet Coke every 10 days, I mean, not that I have a problem. A man with shoulder-length hair between the ages of 25 and 35 had driven up to the two and forced Krista into his van and then drove away. This was all reported by the friend who had run to Krista's home, which was only about 100 yards from the park where they were picking up cans. Krista's friend said the van was dark red or brown and had round windows on the sides near the back, and the friend was able to give a comprehensive description of the man to police. At first it was believed, wow, why did I get so loud there? At first it was believed that Krista was abducted for ransom money, but no one made contact about that. So the community gathered together to search for Krista across Marshallville, but were unable to find her. Six days later, her body was found in the weeds off the side of a rural, I hate that word so much. Rural? Rural, yeah. <laughs> rural. It's such a weird... Rural. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't I'm like Scooby-Doo saying Laurel. Yeah, I don't know if it's like my accent or... Anyway. Rural. <laughs> I think it said a less traveled road. Let's just go with that. It was... She was found in the weeds off the side of a less traveled road in a nearby county. Um, I tried to figure out about how far this would roughly be. And I think a good estimate is about 45 minutes because that was from Marshallville to Holmes County. I don't have exact locations of, like, where she was taken from and, well, I do, but you know what I mean, um, and where she, the body dump site was. So this is a very rough estimate, but I wanted to give a little context as to why she wasn't found in Marshallville. So she wasn't in Marshallville? Correct. Because <laughs> she was about 45 minutes away um, in a different county. Her body was in advanced stages of decomp, and she had been strangled and sexually assaulted with a vibrator and a large plastic bag was wrapped around her legs. I don't know if the vibrator was found with her, and that's how they knew a vibrator was involved. Yeah, because how else would they know that? Yeah, I'm not really sure, but that's what it said. 
Oh, did I mention that Wikipedia was one of my sources? Because, I mean, like, that should just be a given. Yeah. Um, nearby where Krista's body was found, police also found a Budweiser towel, a bloody car seat box, and I'll explain that, a wad of Krista's hair, gloves, and a plaid shirt and jeans. So, this box that they found was from, like, new car seat inserts, like, for a van or... Oh, it's not like a car seat for a child. No. An actual seat that goes yes. in the car. Yes. Police believe that her body had remained in the car during the summer temperatures for a while, while because the body had been subjected to high temperatures. A $10,000 reward was placed for information about the abductor. And this is like in, what was this, like 1982? That's a... That's hefty. That's hefty now. Um... So, that's kind of where Krista's story ends. Um, so, eight months earlier, the body of Tina Harmon, a 12-year-old girl who was raped and murdered, had also been found. Both Krista and Tina's crime scenes had similar carpet fibers, um, but at this time, a man had already been convicted on circumstantial ev- evidence in Tina's murder. So, obviously, like, they were wrong. Throw that out there. And then, in 1984, a 28-year-old woman was abducted from the gas station she worked at in Damascus, (laughs) Damascus, Ohio. This woman had been shocked with a severed electrical cord, beaten, and had her head shaved, and she was bound to her captor's bed and raped. Somehow, God bless her, she survived and escaped his house when he had left to go to work. She had been held captive for 12 hours. This woman's captor was Robert Anthony Buell, a 44-year-old city planner. After Buell, I don't know if that's how you say his name, but that's just how I'm assuming. He doesn't deserve the respect to have his name said, right? So so after Buell was arrested for this incident, he was identified as a suspect in Krista's abduction and murder. Fibers from his van were found to be a match for those on Krista. Paint that was on some of the discarded items at the dump site also matched paint at his home, and it was found that he had purchased car seats that matched the box and plastic found at the dump site he used for Krista's body. He pled no contest to the rape and abduction um, with the 28-year-old woman and denied any involvement in Krista's murder. But he was found guilty and sentenced to death in 1984. He also denied any involvement in Tina's murder, but dog hairs found on her matched dog hairs of a dog buried on his property. And then in 2010, DNA matched um, from from Tina's crime scene to him, indicating that he was at least involved in the rape of Tina and most likely her murder. Buell was also suspected in the murder of Deborah Kay Smith, who was 10 and was murdered in 1983, she had wax on her body matching candles at his home. Her body was found on the side of Tuscarora? I don't know how to say that. Her body was found on the side of a river a month after she died. It's T-U-S-C-A-R-A-W-A-S. Tuscarawas? I don't know. That? Tuscarora was? Sure. That. I'm sorry. Please I feel like me. you also wouldn't have found pronunciation for that. <laughs> yeah, right? 
Marsha King, age 21, and Kelly Prosser, age 8. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, are two other victims that have been connected to Buell. Uh, Marsha was... I think that her name's Marsha. Marcia? I don't know. M-A-R-C-I-A? Yeah, it's Marsha. Marsha, okay. Marsha was murdered in 1980 and Kelly in 1982. In 1999, after 36 years, Ohio resumed executions, and in 2002, Buell became the fifth inmate to be put to death, the third in 2002. His final meal was the single unpitted black olive, (laughs) and I just, why? I, as somebody who thoroughly enjoys black olives, would request more than a freaking black olive. Should I get a whole can? My last meal is going to cost a lot of money. <laughs> Get something that's only in season, like, at one specific time of the year. Um, I'm be like, get me a 32-ounce T-bone steak, medium rare, a loaded baked potato from Texas Roadhouse. And a couple, couple dozen rolls. <laughs> I'm going to eat myself to death before you can put me to death. I'm not somebody that normally is fascinated with final meals, but, like... That's a weird one. Yeah, it's very interesting. Just a singular, unpitted olive. Yep. Gross. Unless... The only thing I'm wondering is... Because you said you think that the pits are poisonous. So was he trying to kill himself before the state could? I remember there was something I wanted to look up. What is your background? Don't worry about it. You change your background more than any person I know. It's Captain America's chest. (laughs) That sounds so creepy. It's a picture of his uniform. Just regent. Not his, like, shirtless. You're not helping yourself. Although, you wouldn't be surprised if I had a shirtless one. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) All of pits are not poisonous. Oh, well then. They're primarily linen, a major component of wood. Oh. If you ate one, it would probably go through you undisturbed. Huh. Okay, well then never mind. You were wrong. I guess it makes sense that they're not poisonous since, like, other places don't pit them. That's, yeah. So, anyway. Okay. So, Buell's last words were, Jerry and Shirley... I didn't kill your daughter. The prosecutor knows that, and so do an audible name and an audible name. And they left the real killer out there on the streets to kill again and again and again. They think that he purposely said the names so that nobody could hear him. One reporter said that he could make out the name, but I don't think that that was ever published. Mm-hmm. And his spiritual advisor, I guess, knows the names, but, like, priest. Client, priest, parishioner. Yeah, they're not allowed. Yeah, confidentiality, they're not allowed to report that, so. Uh, Krista's father and two brothers were there to witness Buell's death, and the family released the following statement after. The day our daughter and sister Krista was taken from us, and the weeks that followed, we thought we would not survive. We have stayed very private the last 18 years, waiting for justice to be done. Today is the day that happened. We came quietly, and we will leave quietly. And Buell's official time of death was 10.30 a.m. on September 24th, 2002. He wanted the state to pay for his 
funeral cost, which I think it was expected to be about $250 total for the casket in a suit. And that is the murder of Krista Harris. I'm surprised they wouldn't just, like, cremate him and put him in a box. Well, they have a cemetery specifically for prison inmates Hmm. in Ohio. I'm surprised they put them in a suit and don't just... I'm surprised that he could make that request. Yeah. Like... I think they said that they spent $40,000 on him a year to keep him, like, alive and in jail and, like, fed and everything. So, realistically, that wasn't worth it. If they were, what, like, what's the point if he's going to be, like, death row anyway? Yeah, well. There were also protesters at his execution that stood outside and, like, I know that there's a big debate about Protesting. the death penalty. <laughs> yeah, they, they did. That's what they did. Um... But there was somebody whose um, daughter had been killed, and I believe that the person that killed her was put to death, and she was like, or maybe he wasn't, I don't know. But she was like, "It does the death, dependent, the death penalty doesn't deter crime. It makes us all murderers. I was like. Well, I mean, they could go, like, eye for an eye. Like, whoever you killed somebody, <laughs> that's how you get killed. Yeah. I don't know. I never know where I stand on the death penalty. It's one of those things that, like... Because you know there's been, like, innocent people that have been put to death for something they didn't do. And, I mean, does it deter crime? I don't think it does. Well, even getting put in jail, like, nine times out of ten, if they're in there long enough, as soon as they get out, they commit another crime to be back in. Right. But that's my other issue. That's, like, one of my issues with, like, why I might support the death penalty because otherwise I'm, like, paying for them to... Yeah. I'm not saying that jail is an easy feat because, obviously, one, I don't know because I've never gone to jail. Hopefully never do. But... Yeah, FBI guy listening. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a nice person, I promise. I have a weird search history. I was... (laughs) When I, like, found my transcripts to possibly send in. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, they're gonna look at this and be like, do we want her in our program? She took Nazi Germany and weapons of mass destruction as classes? See, I feel like stuff like stuff like that just fascinates me. Which is, I guess... Part of the issue. Yeah. <laughs> I only took Nazi Germany because I had to take a world cultures class. Or something. It had to be like a certain thing and I had heard that the teacher was easy. And she was. She cancelled about 8 out of 15 classes because her class was Wednesday night at 7 and uh, the Penguins played a lot of Wednesday night at 7 games. She was a huge Penguins fan so She's like can't. Can't do it. Yep. And then we had to write a book report on our reaction to a book. Not an actual book report. Just a paper on what we thought about the book. And I read three pages of the book, and I wrote a whole paper on why I didn't finish reading the book. Hmm. And I got an A. You're like, that's my reaction. I don't fucking like it. It was one sentence. The entire book. Yeah. It's a lot of commas. There weren't... There was, like, no punctuation, period. Ew, I couldn't read that. That was what my whole paper was yeah, about. Like, how do you know when to stop? I was like, I I think I wrote, like, three pages on the fact that, all right, well, 
you have a next episode? Yes. For the next time we record? Yes. The Bell Witch Haunting. Oh. I have to make a note so I remember that that's because I have another one done too. Oh. What's your other one? You can just send them both and then whichever one you do, you do. That's fair. The other one is... Haunted Roadways. Oh. Is the Devil's Backbone in there? Where's that? In Texas. Oh. I didn't finish it yet. Oh. So I can add that. Oh, you don't have to. There's a lot of Dead Man's Curves that, like, I've noticed. Like, I feel like every state has one. Fair. Well, that was the Devil's Backbone is the one I told you about on Unsolved Mysteries. Mm. I fucking finished. Anyway, all right, well, until Heather does her next true crime, nope. Freaky Friday. Yeah, um, which means until next time that we sit down and record, because I didn't have any research done, so it's a miracle we got two done this weekend. Yeah, four in total. Yeah. Um, but yeah, until next time. You still looking for your spider friend? Yeah. But yeah, until next time, follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Or Twitter. Um, Instagram is in reference to podcast, and Twitter is in reference to. You can send us an email with some thoughts, prayers, tell us what jokes. Tell, tell us what you like about us. It's our good looks. Be gentle. already know. Be gentle. We have faces for radio. Or at least wow. I do. Yeah, damn. <laughs> You're like, damn, speak for yourself. But you no. The only us- one that has a face for Instagram is my dog. We didn't snore real loud. No, he was doing pretty good. He's snoozly. He's snoozly. He even cuddled with you for a really long time today. I was surprised. Then he, like, smushed my whole face. (laughs) Then he got up and walked away. But I just mean when he just, like, laid here with you. Oh, yeah. He let you sit beside him. Anyway, what's our email? It's in reference to podcast at gmail.com. Um, or, and, uh, we'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs>